Like many of you, I'm curious about several topics, and what better way to learn than to speak directly with the people who have the answers that you're looking for? My name is Costa. Welcome to Founder Views. That's what this channel is all about. You're going to hear me pick the brains of thought leaders, CEOs, politicians, and business experts about subjects that I'm thinking about or working on at any given time. From economics, business, real estate investing, Bitcoin, lifestyle, politics, and much, much more. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get started. Gladys, uh, yes. thank you for joining me, first of all, on the podcast. I was very excited to chat with you. Thank you for having me here. So I, I've had a, a big interest in El Salvador. I've been keeping an eye on what's going on down there uh, for many different reasons. I came across your, your Twitter or X profile now uh, a little while back. Mm -hmm. So I uh, reached out and, and here we are. So I just wanted to pick your brain a, a bit uh, from someone that is on the ground okay. in, in El Salvador. So uh, kick things off. First of all, tell, tell us briefly uh, like who you are and what you do. So um, I do real estate investing um, in, in different countries. So I started doing real estate when I was uh, about 19 and a half years old in the U.S. So I've been licensed in California and then I've done loans. So my whole adult life, I've done real estate. Um, and I got interested in, in uh, international real estate because I'm like, you know what? How, are, how can we live out there and have a vacation home or have another place where we can go? We don't have to be paying, you know, accommodations or anything. And then we can also rent it out. So um, that's how it kind of started. And now we are in five countries total. And El Salvador right now is um, our main focus out of all of them, even, um, even with the U.S. Okay. So when you say real estate investing, do you, do you help others buy real estate or, or do you like own your own real estate as well or a bit of both? Oh, yeah. So we own real estate all in these other countries and we also help people buy real estate. So we do all the groundwork. A lot of our buyers don't even have to be in the country right now to be able to buy a property. Um, you do have to do like a one or two visits just to sign original paperwork. I'm in one of the, you know, the government offices. But other than that, um, yeah, we, we help a lot of people. We have a full service office um, where we do the real estate and we also offer loans to people that are trying to buy uh, property, like let's say 35000 to right now we have like a $179 million project. Okay. And you're, you're currently living in El Salvador? I do uh, about two, two to three weeks out of the month. Um, okay. depending on what I need to do. Um, a lot of my clients, when they fly in, they try and meet me at the same time that I'm in. So um, I try and stay as long as possible. Like right now, we're about to leave um, for the holiday and we're going to be gone for what three, almost almost the whole month. So we'll be there for New Year's and, and Christmas. Okay, nice. So, you know, El Salvador, right? It's It's had a very bad reputation um globally for a long time and you know unless mm -hmm. you're you're paying attention to what's happening to El Salvador uh today you, you'll likely still have some of these negative perceptions so how do you how would you describe El Salvador you know as someone uh who lives there um you know raising a do you have a family as well yes i have five kids yeah? okay mm -hmm. so like just in your own words right like how would you describe El Salvador today? Um, you know what? I, I I really like the question because a lot of people do have that perception. Even people that have never even heard of El Salvador uh, or any other of the Central American countries, they automatically kind of get like a stink eye to those countries. Um, I kind of like works for us that are investors because we get in there, we actually get really amazing properties. But um, I never got to see any of the violence. I never got to see any of the gang members. I never got to see that. Thankfully, um, I never got to see that. But when I went to El Salvador the the first time, within three days, I had already put an offer in a property, you know, yeah. and I paid $12,000 for the property. Um, and um, right now it's worth a whole lot more, but 
when I when I flew in, I expected all the ugliness, you know, and people were like, oh, my God, why are you going to go there? Why would you do that? You know, why can't you invest in the U.S.? What's the problem with you? It's not a problem with the U.S. It's just having other options. But when I got there and looked at everybody, the people, I'm just like, wow, you know, and that's what made me put an offer into the property, into that one property in Bitcoin Beach. And now we just closed on another one, really huge lot, and we're buying more. And now we've gone through all the hurdles and hoops to opening up a business, a full service business. So now we get to help other people um, that want to come back. And we're helping Salvadorians actually go back and reclaim their lots and do all the paperwork that needs to get done. Because a lot of Salvadorians, even the ones that fled back in the 70s, and the 80s, they were just like, wow, you know, I never thought I would be able to go back to El Salvador. So now we're actually encouraging a lot of Salvadorians to go back. Wow. And how long ago was that when you bought the first property? Uh, when Bitcoin opened up, um, that's the reason why I went, because of Bitcoin. And of course, real estate, I've been doing real estate forever, but Bitcoin's like my second thing. Um, so when the president opened up Bitcoin, I, I was, I want to say I was there like October, October 2021. Right after okay. the pandemic and all that stuff started moving off. And, and like how you described it is interesting. Like, you know, you said within three days you put in an offer and it was just like, like, wow. Like, what was that? Wow. Like, like describe more of that, like on the ground. Like I've never been to El Salvador. So I'm trying to get a, oh, uh, just a sense of, of what you're describing. Okay. So you fly in and of course you think of all like the buildings falling apart. If you think of all the, just like infrastructure falling apart. Yes, the country needs more infrastructure because I mean, it, it's been, it was being uh, ran by other people that didn't have El Salvador as their primary focus, as far as the government, I would say. Um, but when I drove there, I mean, I flew in there and I was driving through the areas. I'm like, well, it's, uh, what's ugly about the country? Like what's, why, why did it take so long for people to open up? And then I realized that, um, there were so many expats from the Netherlands. There were so many Canadians. There was a lot of U.S. people. You have absolutely no. 95% of my clientele are foreigners. 95%. Wow. So everybody is going there. A lot of companies are now opening their businesses there. They're, they're moving from the U.S. and they're opening their businesses there. So um, when I first uh, started driving around, I'm like, you know what? I can own something here. The weather was amazing. Um, the people, I don't know. It's just like they, they want you to come over. They want you to open businesses. They're very welcoming. The whole country in itself is very welcoming. And, um, and, and, and as I mentioned, I have other, other investments in other countries, but the same, the same type of warmth, the same type of, um, open arm type of welcoming was is not in other countries you know but mm -hmm. it, it was in El Salvador yeah so I'm curious right like how much of you know what you see now on social media like all the great things right uh in El Salvador um how much of that is is propaganda versus reality it's all true it's all true <laughs> Yeah. I have a Salvadorian friend that she, when I first started going to El Salvador, she was trying to offload her properties, right? And um, when she found out I was driving by myself, she's like, are you out of your mind? Even a Salvadorian was telling me, are you out of your mind? I'm half Salvadorian, but she's full Salvadorian. She's like, even if I was insane, I would not drive by myself. And I rent a car all the time and I'm everywhere at night. I am by myself most of the time. Um, during the day, I have my admin and I have our own t a whole team. But once everything is done and over, just like I would in the U.S., I get, you know, in my car at night and I drive to Walmart. You know, mm -hmm. and I find all the stuff I need to buy for my house or anything I need for the office or however. But I personally um, see how everything is is portrayed with all the people that are coming in. And all of it is 100% true. Everything. Everything is 100% true. Amazing. Amazing. So yeah, you, you touched on it. So you mentioned a uh, 95% of your business are, are from foreigners, right? Yes. Um, so like, who are the foreigners like investing in El Salvador? Like wh where are they from primarily? Would you say? Um, California, Texas. Yeah. Maryland. So yes. 
Yes, we have a big, huge uh, concentration of Salvadorians um, in LA, and um, their friends and everybody else that are are buying in um, in El Salvador. They're just like, how come you haven't bought in El Salvador? They tell the Salvadorians, right? And the Salvadorians are like, what do you mean? Why? Like the same thing that I got. Why would you even go back? Why would you know? But we got a lot of U.S. people, a lot of them. And there are a lot of uh, government people that are moving over. Um, a lot of people with families um, that don't want their kids um, growing up in the States because it's not the same anymore or whatever the reason is. Um, a lot of people that are Canadian specifically. Out of a lot of other other countries, it's more U.S. number one and Canada number two. Okay, interesting. And and are these people primarily like that have uh, that are Salvadorian backgrounds or were from El, El Salvador? Or? No, they're American. No? A lot of them are American. Like I really? um, have a, a buyer that we just closed on, and the Salvadorian at his job was just like watching how he was evolving in El Salvador. He's not even Salvadorian. So mm-hmm. he actually motivated the actual Salvadorian to go back. So it's like other people are motivating Salvadorians to go back. Okay. And a- any any trends, not, not necessarily trends, but uh, any any type of information or stats on the type of people investing in terms of like what they do for work or industries or you know is that is that kind of random we uh, it's a big huge mix of everything we have teachers we have software programmers we have engineers going over we have doctors we have people from india going over um people from africa those are small amounts of people but it's just a big mix um we have um People that did real estate in the U.S., but now they're selling other things. Like they, once you go, you go to El Salvador with, for many people, you go to El Salvador with a plan on what you're going to do, and then you get there, and then that whole plan evolves and turns into a whole other type of um, of journey for each one. Because a lot of people were like, you know, they were they were just doing like Shopify stores. There were a lot of people that were doing work from home coming out of the whole pandemic stuff. So now that they're there, they actually starting to do other things, you know, something that they never thought they'd do. Like for example, um, people that were doing like Shopify um, stores, now they're actually teaching. Now they're teaching like the local communities on how to, how to run like their Bitcoin wallets. They're just trying to grow the actual, um, Mm -hmm. the actual economy there. Yeah. And and I would also assume that a lot of foreigners buying in El Salvador are Bitcoiners. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's the number one the number one people that <laughs> yeah. are buying in El Salvador. The number one. Yeah, okay. I would imagine so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now are, are these people uh buying to move and live there or like how's the rental market in El Salvador? You know what? I'm actually, personally, me, myself, I'm actually um, negotiating a house for $100 um, in Berlin. And um, the the people that are, are moving there had already thought about moving somewhere. They just didn't know where. And then when they get to El Salvador, this is like, this is home, you know? And then I have the other people that are like, okay, I have so much stuff going on right now still in the U.S., that I'll go buy something, Airbnb it, or I'll and then rent it out while I take care of my real estate or I take care of my job or until I retire. And then I have other people that are just buying land and they're holding. So they they just wanted to go get something and then they're gonna wait. So it's a it's a big mix. It's just like so mm-hmm. um so random for some people, especially when a lot of people call me, we have like our discovery calls. And then they're like, where should I go? I'm like, well, what do you like to do? You know? And they're like, I want to be in the beach. So then we get them somewhere at the beach. And all of a sudden it's like, I don't like it anymore. It's too busy. I'd rather go to the mountains. So it can change within like four months. And so like Airbnb, it's available in El Salvador, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, how's like that short-term rental market in El Salvador? It's really busy. It's really busy, specifically like in Bitcoin Beach. There wasn't enough places for people to stay. So we run um, 
One of the Airbnbs is called Bitcoin Landing Spot. It's in the city, but we're opening one up in the beach because we're going to build um, like 10 units just to be able to have some, some places for people to stay in Bitcoin Beach. Bitcoin Beach is the most popular city in El Salvador for foreigners. Okay. And that's El Zante? El Zante. It's in El Zante. It's part of Tunzal. It's uh, San Blas. So it's like the whole coastline. Um, part of the Libertad, which is like the so, county. For for anyone, um, I want to actually. Sh I'm looking at a map here. I want mm -hmm. to. Uh, I want to try and uh, share my screen here. So, is this where I, I'm looking at? Is that where I should be looking? Where the pin is? Yep. Yep. So that's that's Bitcoin Beach. Yeah, El Zonte is part of Bitcoin Beach. There is actually no city called Bitcoin Beach. The city is um, a whole bunch of towns together. Okay. So so if I'm an investor now and, and you know, my, you know, maybe one day, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of moving to El Salvador. I'm just speaking mm -hmm. in general. But my objective today is, let's say, buy a place uh, that, that could cash flow. That's not only paying for itself, but, you know, hopefully making some profit on top. What's what's the uh, is it short term rental the way to go? Yeah, it'll be short term rental. So I would get something in Bitcoin Beach. Or I would get something in the city, which would be um, Escalon, and it'll be San Benito. That's where a lot of the Bitcoin um, concentration is in in the city. Uh, it's close to the immigration office, like where the Bitcoin landing spot is. It's close to the immigration office, so we. We have a lot of meetups in the city around what that city? area. What's the name of that city you said? Again, I'm, I'm on the map. Now. Escalon. Yes. Where, where is that? Colonia Escalon. It's in South Salvador. So, so, it's gonna, so is it near Bitcoin Beach? It's like 45 minutes from Bitcoin Beach. How so do you spell it? Escalon. It's E-S-C-A-L-O-N. Colonia Escalon. Oh, LS. Okay, this one, right? Okay. Oh, so it's ne it's like it's near San Salvador. Yeah, it's in San Salvador. It's so San, San Salvador would be, I would say, like LA, like the county, and I then it's in there. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so you, so you were saying for short-term rental, either in the city or near the beach? Yeah. Yeah, you'll get an ROI right back. Um, because a lot of the people that are going there are going to Bitcoin Beach or Escalon and San Benito, San Salvador. Mm -hmm. When's high season? Um, right now. Right so now? It's, sorry, it's the summer just started in October. Um, the rainy season starts in May to October and then um, November to the beginning of May. It's all summer. So when it's Christmas, we're at the beach, you know. And then yeah. when one year we had, uh, we're like, I was like, okay, I'm going to take all my Christmas hats and take pictures while we're at the beach. It was so hot. We're just like, we're baking. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't even wear them. But it's like full on summer. Full on summer. It's beautiful for New Year's Eve. It's beautiful for New Year's Eve. So yeah, I that's, that's the kind of yeah. Christmas I like. Nice hot palm trees, beach. There are no palm trees because it's not no? Florida, but it's like Florida without <laughs> palm trees. It's really beautiful. Okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so, um, walk me through some numbers. Like what's a typical, let's say like, you know, is it usually condos, houses? Like what, what are people buying? Um, there are more towers going up right now. A lot of projects mm -hmm. that are going up. Um, Bitcoin beach has more houses than there are condos because they're all like, they were all like, uh, properties that were owned by people. And like, there really aren't any, any big corporations that, own those big prop those properties so a lot of the owners ended up splitting them and then they sold off parts you know so there really isn't a big um space for for like a tower to go up we do have a project right now going on in Isata. there's actually two big projects that are going to have like all the condos and it's going to be beachside Okay, so so oh, on that's the new, yeah, that's gonna right. Be new. Okay, because a lot of people are looking for that type of property, um, where they can have security, they can have all the amenities, but they're not in the in the city because the city has a whole bunch of properties like that. You know, we have yeah. a listing right now for six hundred thousand dollars. That's a condo. 
So mm-hmm. a lot of the prices can be very low. Like I said, I we have like a $55,000 property right now. It's like four lots away from the beach. You know, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily in Bitcoin Beach. It's just right outside, like literally two, three minutes right outside. But yeah. if you find Bitcoin Beach, it's going to be more expensive because that's the high demand area. Okay, so in Bitcoin Beach, it's mostly homes kind of split up into like yeah. multiple residents you could mm-hmm. say multi units residents lots there's still some lots um there isn't any huge like a uh, well-known um restaurants there's a lot of mom and pop stores um there is one nice seafood there's there's several really nice um high-end restaurants but not as much as in the city you know yeah. it, it's just yeah. kind of just sprinkled throughout the area okay um and, and who who's Who's like renovating and building? Is it foreigners? Is it locals? Both? There's a lot of locals and there's foreigners. So right now, um, the projects that I have are all Salvadorian. They're all Salvadorian yeah. builders. Um, there's two or three that are foreigners, but they're not foreigners completely in charge of the project. They're Salvadorians leading. The, they're partnering up with Salvadorians. Okay. So first of all, you have to know the laws. You have to know, like, permit stuff. So if a foreigner comes in and says, you know what, I want to partner up or I want to do something, you kind of have to partner up with somebody that already knows what's going on. Otherwise, it'll take a long time for you to get something up. Yeah. Okay. So so uh, in Bitcoin Beach, call it, like, you know, a two or three bedroom, like, newly renovated uh, spot in a good location. Like, what's the average price? Um, it could go from 350 to 450 and that's USD, right? USD. Mm-hmm. Okay. We just sold one um, right at the edge of the water, like you open the door and you're in the water. Um, that one was four eighty five, um, and it had a couple of bungalows. It's a big lot, but you can still get really good good uh, properties on the water. Okay. They're and, not that expensive. And for. Like short-term rentals, like what what does that typically can rent for in a month? Um, it's going to depend on the on the property how new it is because there is if you can be like one bedroom and then you can rent rent it rent it for like fifty bucks, and then there's a homes that can go up to like seven thousand a month. You know, so it's it's so mixed. Um, yeah. I wish I could say you know the ranges from here to here. You know, and it's tight range, but there's properties that can go up to seven, eight thousand dollars a month. Is one of your services uh, like the the property management side of things? Do what? Is one of your services like property management for? for We are starting um, that division this year, twenty twenty four, to manage all of that because we do have the cleaning, we do have uh, admins, we do have all of that, but we were just working on our properties. Um, but we're going to be offering for other people now because we just have a lot of people that are saying, you know what, um, I want to just buy something to hold and come and use it whenever I can. But um, before, there was a lot of people that just wanted to move in. There's a lot of people that have one-way tickets. Yeah. Hmm. We, ha- we, ha- we have that also. And they're just, they show up, they stay, they stay at an Airbnb for a little while while they're looking for a rental. And then they do a rental for like six months to a year while they figure out where they actually want to be permanently and then they buy the property. Right. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so if you're looking to invest, you're, you're either going to want to look at it near Bitcoin beach or uh, El Escalon. Escalon. That yes. That's going to be your high end areas in demand, but okay. we have other properties. Like for example, um, we just sold a property for 190. Um, beautiful it had coffee um it had a uh, water going through it and everything a beautiful property 190 and it was 100 manzanas so one manzana is 1.7 of an acre so you multiply that by 100 for 190 wow. okay and that was so in el escalon no that's not in escalon that's about uh 45 minutes up north from escalon okay. So one of the questions that I always ask my callers when I talk to them and we do a discovery call is that one of the first things is I ask them if they're Bitcoiners or not. Because then I know that a lot of Bitcoiners want to be in within the community. Um, so and if they are Bitcoiners, I say, OK, well, do you care? Do you need to be in 
in the whole mix of things or do you care that you're you're further out because the meetings are twice a month or so but if you are moving there just to um, relax and and you know get away from everything i was telling there is so many other places that you can buy for extremely cheap um but if you're a bitcoiner and you're like wanting to be in the middle of everything it's going to cost you because it's a higher demand yeah makes sense mm-hmm. um so how how prevalent is I, I love your shirt by the way. Um, oh, thank you. My Bitcoin how, how Salvador. How prevalent is Bitcoin in El Salvador? Like, you know, day to day practical uh sense. You know, um I get asked that a lot from Bitcoiners out in the US. So I attend a lot of um a lot of uh events for bitcoiners like for example there was one in santa monica uh, pacific bitcoin that swan did um and then there was a bitcoin magazine that did the one in miami so i attend a lot of them and a lot of que- a, lot, a lot of people ask me the same question They're like well how much do you actually use it i use it 85 percent of the time that i'm there i do my grocery shopping through there we just did right now which is uh, transferred over from the Satoshi wallet, um, the wallet of Satoshi, which is the payroll for my employees. Like right now, like maybe like 30 minutes ago, um, I go to the um, hardware store, Freon. They take Bitcoin. I go to Price Mart. They take Bitcoin. Gas stations take Bitcoin. A lot of the places do take Bitcoin. And there's uh, actually an organization. It's called Mi Primer Bitcoin. They make it their priority to go to different areas and teach classes and teach the locals on how to use their wallets and how to use Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. So I've been part of that type of graduation. It's a 10 week course and they teach the community. They do a lot of outreach for the community and they teach them how to use the wallets. That way the economy keeps growing. Yeah. And are a lot of these educational resources and programs, are they, uh, subsidized by the government or are these just private and they do a lot of um fundraising for that you know and like every time they do a uh, a meeting people can sponsor them um, as far as directly through the government i i can't speak on that because if they do i, I don't know if they they should be saying it i don't know i'm not sure but um from my personal um experience i've i've donated to maybe med bitcoin just mm-hmm. so they can have their classes and they can do everything that they need to do and they also can pay the, the teachers that are teaching through this yeah. so i'm actually working on on getting them a big fund um, right now but they are the number one um, organization that are throughout the country they're not just in one yeah. little spot they have people everywhere nice. so they do teach um they do teach a lot of the locals. I, we, I went to one of the graduations where there was a 70-year-old man. I want to say he's 72. His bus trip was two hours long just to get to class one way. So it was a four-hour long mm-hmm. um, dra- uh, bus ride just to get to yeah. his class. This is how important Bitcoin is to the community. Wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Um, you said you have five kids. Yes. And do they they live in El Salvador, or go to school in El Salvador? Um, well, one of them is in the Navy. Another one is in D.C., Maryland, where there's a lot of also um, Salvadorians okay. there. Um, the other one's here with me in L.A. And then I have two little ones. And they go to up and down. They're with me all the time when we can. As soon as they okay. have like a break from school, they're in El Salvador. Okay. So how are schools in El Salvador? They are pretty good. Um, the private schools, there's a lot of English. There's a lot of uh, schools that are, they teach you all the languages that you would want to to learn. Um, my kids have not attended the school because they're still doing U.S. schools, but we are actually in, in talks of opening a Montessori-like school in Sunzal because there is no specific big school in Sunzal. So we're, we're in talks to do it in one of my lots that I have in Sunzal. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. But they're pretty nice. good. A lot of people have been driving their kids into the city. So mo- the majority of the schools are in the city. Okay. A- any schools in, in Bitcoin Beach? They have small local schools, but nothing huge. They okay. have like little 
they're kind of spread around, but there's nothing big. And then the schools are only kind of like a half a day. So either you go in the morning or you go in the afternoon. Okay. Now in which area would you say is the, is the best, it has the most like walkability where like, you know, everything's close by, you can walk, whether it's school, grocery store, uh, restaurants. Mm-hmm. Is there anything like that? Escalon in San Benito. So in the Escalon city? In San Benito. Yeah. If you have, yeah. the, I mean, if it wasn't for the schooling and everything else, government offices, the banks and all that, it would be probably a zone day in that whole area right there. But um, you would still have to drive out to go into the big grocery store because they're all little, little stores, like little convenience stores. There's nothing yeah. there. So you yeah. would have to still drive out to do that. But if you want everything and anything, it's in Escalon. But yeah. that's the whole reason why we picked the Bitcoin landing spot to be in the middle of everything. We're literally immigrations across the street. The grocery store is on, the, on another street. You know, the, the gyms, mm-hmm. everything is there. Like you do not need a car if you stay there. Okay. So if, you're, if your investment outlook is like 10 years plus, where has the most up, more upside? Uh, I would say Punta Mango, Punta Mango, or uh, Bitcoin City. If you just want to let it, buy something and let it sit, Punta Mango and Bitcoin City. Punt, okay, Punta Mango. Where's Where's that? Punta um, Mango is out in the East Coast. It's the Southeast Coast of the country. Um, that's going to be where Surf City Two is going to be. So the okay. president already allocated a whole bunch of funds and. The pavement and all of the infrastructure is already being done. So that's where the new surf city is going to be. So I would say Punta Mango. We have listings in Punta Mango for $100,000, where in Bitcoin Beach, the other surf city would be $200,000. Mm-hmm. So you're getting it for half off just to let it sit. Yeah. And how's the rental market there as of well, right now? There's nothing there yet. There's nothing only a couple, there. yeah, a nothing. Uh, there's okay. there's a couple. There's properties scattered all around, but there's more open space than anything else. It, it's beautiful, it. but it's Got beautiful. It. Mm-hmm. So, so um, you also, how does financing work for foreigners? What are some of the things people need to know? Okay, so for financing, all we need to pre-qualify you is your passport and your taxes for three three years taxes. We do not run any type of credit check at all. You don't have to live in the country to buy something there. You don't have to work there. You don't have to have a residency and process or anything like that. Um, All we need really is just the taxes just to make sure that you're reporting correctly. Um, It's 25% down. It used to be 20, um, but it's 25% down. And for foreigners, um, you would need to have a power of attorney in the country or any friend that you have to sign, you know, um, and they just implement it like a co-signer type of, well, not necessarily a co-signer, but a guarantor because it's a um, foreigner program. If the foreigner decides to just bail and not come back, the loan's still open, you know, so that yeah. gives the other person authorization to be able to sell it or do something with the property. Okay. And and what are the, and, and who finances it? A banks in El Salvador or yes. private money? Or? It took us about a year um, to finally get a bank to let us do the foreigner uh, financing. We're the only company in the country that can offer to 100% foreigners. All the okay. other banks will run your Experian or they'll run the um, Equifax, one of the two. They do run credit and a lot of them will um, ask you to be married to someone. Like you have to be a, like a spouse. If you're a foreigner, you have to have a Salvadorian spouse to be able to qualify for the loan. Mm-hmm. So as of right now, we are the one one that does 100% foreigners. You do have to have a guarantor because again, it's um, a foreigner loan and you don't live there. You know, we're not expecting for you to live there or have a business. And that's the only way the the bank can protect themselves. Okay. And does investing in property help fast track like residency if you wanted it or? There was a lot of talk about that. Um, They were were trying to do it, but um, a lot of it didn't didn't happen. Uh, The president uh, was just really cleaning up the country but there's a lot of bills that are coming up in the next um, the next round so i want to say um it's going to help 
um, or they have it. They do have it in talks, but right now it's not effective. It doesn't matter um, whether you have one or not. I'm sure when you apply for it and you say, you know what, I'm already a homeowner. I'm sure it'll help, you know, but right, right now it's not like, oh, let me just find all the homeowners because they're going to go first. There's nothing yeah. like that. Or or so. you'll get residency if you buy X you know, amount of uh, valuable property. So that's right. not currently happening right now. Okay. And are there are there property taxes in El Salvador? There is property taxes. If you buy a property that is under twenty eight and some change, you don't have to pay a property transfer fee. It's mm-hmm. you don't have to pay it, but anything above that, yes. Um, the property taxes themselves, it's going to depend on what area you're in. So the more utilities that the property has, the more services that it has, the properties are going to go higher. Like the one in Escalon, it has everything, and the property taxes are $100 a month. Okay. The property in Sunzal um, has water, has electricity. They don't have a sewer system. A lot of people um, in a lot of the towns don't have sewer systems, especially like the beach towns. You have to have like the septic tank. Um, but in Sunzal, our property taxes are $5. Okay. Okay. So, so nothing too yeah. significant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. A question about uh, funding. What are the? How are the loan terms in general? Like, is it amortized over X number of years? Do you renew after a certain number of years? Um. So it's amortized up to twenty five years. So okay. when I have a buyer that is um older in age, they do limit the amount of years. So like, let's say um, the max is 67 years that they'll give a loan out. So if you're in your 50s or, or 60s, like early 60s, it'll only be like a five or seven year loan. So they do, they do um, cut them lower if you're an older, older person as a primary. So if you are an older person and you want to buy a house, we would suggest to put like your kid to be a primary and then you just right. go sign. Yeah. And what are the current uh, uh, rates, interest rates right now? Right now we're looking at eight and a half to nine and a half, which okay. is not that it, high for a foreigner. Yeah. Because yeah. in the US, you have your I-10, right? That's what you, as a foreigner, you have your I-10. And mm-hmm. you have to show two years working in the country to be able to qualify. You have to yeah. have because you're going to run a credit. Yeah. And is that rate that you'd get today, for example, that's that's a, that's a locked in rate for the life of the loan or does it? renew after um, a number of years it's, it's like a, the way they work it is like an adjustable your rate will always be the same as far as the payment it won't adjust in the payment it'll adjust when you're going to pay off so it'll like it'll kind of like um add up to the end of the loan and it'll show you you know how much it went up or down so it'll adjust as you have it but it's not going to adjust on your payment it, so last, last question i had um just more regards like into regarding uh, to safety, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so like a, a gringo like me, you know, walking the streets, am I, am I going to feel safe? Yes. Yeah. I'm by myself. <laughs> I drive around. Every, I mean, my job is to be everywhere. So that was like my number one thing, you know, and I didn't want to depend on, can you go with me? Can you go with me? Can you go with me type of thing? Um, but I drive by myself all the time. And at night, early and at night. Um, And I have not once felt like I was in any type of danger at all since October 2021. I have not once felt in danger of anything. And like other Salvadorians in the States, they're like, they can't wrap their head around it because of of what the history of the country was, which is really sad. And that's what made me um, do more outreach to Salvadorians because look, it's like, look, this is your land. Other people are buying it. Come back, you know, come back. Do you think this renewed um, s- sort of sense of, of hope and, you know, prosperity and excitement that uh, El Salvador has right now, do you think Bitcoin has a major role in that? Yes. Do you think this would all be possible if it wasn't for Bitcoin? Um. Because look, for me, when, when I think Bitcoin, I think uh, freedom, you yeah. know, prosperity, uh, being, being sovereign, you know, yeah. so. Well, the president, even when he wasn't the president, 
wanted to clean things up, right? Um, but he only had, um, you know, he was only responsible for a certain area that he was cleaning up. But now that he's the president, it's like clean house, period. So then when Bitcoin opened up, a lot of people were going there. So it's because of the of the president and Bitcoin that it changed because a lot of even, for example, me, even if I, the perfect example, even if I would have heard, you know, oh, Salvador's amazing, Salvador's this, Salvador's that in the news, but then um, I really didn't really have, okay, that's great for them, good for them, right? But I re I personally did not have a reason to go. Well, how, how else would have I gone if it wasn't for Bitcoin? Yeah. yeah. Because you can hear that about Argentina right now that just got a new president, right? And, oh, well, good for them. I'm happy for them. I'm happy that somebody's going to put fix that place, right? Yeah. But, okay, that's great. So then what? You know, you still get all the propaganda. You still get everything in the news. Okay, so what's the other thing that's going to bring people to that country? Yeah. And that's what Bitcoin did to El Salvador. Because a lot of Bitcoiners ended up showing up. And then they started putting up the videos. They started talking about the community. And then more Bitcoiners wanted to go. And then more Bitcoiners. Now you have full-on companies moving to El Salvador. Yeah. See, see, you know. see that, that, that's the, the most exciting part. Cause like, you know, I, I feel like true Bitcoiners who like really understand Bitcoin, mm -hmm. like they're, they're all about freedom, you yeah. know, and, and they, they have good, I, I feel like in general, they have very good morals and good ethics. So yes. uh, knowing that, and those are the type of people that are coming in to El Salvador. I mean, that, yeah. that can only be extremely positive. Yes. I had a call. Yes. Um, I had a call on Tuesday. Okay, today's Thursday. I had a call on Tuesday. One girl, she's under 25, 25 years old. I believe it was 25. And she said, you know what? My parents are Salvadorian. They go all the time. I've never gone to El Salvador. But I saw a podcast of you. And I really want to ask you about real estate. But I'm by myself. And I don't know what to do. And I have a, you know, and you know what? And we had this whole conversation. She, she hadn't been to El Salvador for eight years. But she's always been with her parents, you know, so the parents are taking her around and doing all the local stuff. Right. And then she said, um, I don't have any money. Uh, I do want to buy something, but I don't have any money because she called me for real estate. She goes, but I don't know if I have I'm going to have enough money. And everything was very. Um, um, she, almost like she was talking herself out of it. Right. And then I said, you know what? Um, you're a Salvadorian. And I think that. Um, you're an adult already. You don't need your parents to go back. You're an adult. I go, and if, you're, if you are worried about money, you, I can show you where you can buy breakfast, a full-on breakfast with a coffee with a dollar, for a dollar eighty. <laughs> you know, a dollar eighty, a full breakfast. Mm. Um, I can show you where to get lunch for five bucks. I can show you where to get uh, dinner. I'm sorry, di a lunch for five. Dinner for five bucks. I can get you. I can show you where to get lunch for three dollars. And I'm like, do not keep from coming to El Salvador or staying away from it because of money. I go, if you don't have money to stay somewhere, you really want to come. I go, you need to come like right now when it's warm, when it's not pouring. And she says, yeah, I remember every time we would go, it was always raining. It was always raining. I'm like, you know why? I'll tell you why right now. And I go, your parents always took you when you were on school vacation in the summer, right? She goes, yeah. And I go, so when you're on vacation, you guys... And I, that's the reason why you always remember that it was raining because in El Salvador, it's winter and it's always raining, you know, so their winter is your summer. That's why you remember everything so gloomy. And I said, you, you need to get a ticket, whatever you do and go right now, right now in the holidays, I will introduce you to everybody and anything and anybody and wherever you want to go, I'll tell you where to go. And she goes, well, I have a Sedona trip. I'm like, you know what? Sedona has been canceled. And I'm going to show her this, this thing. I'm going to show it to her. <laughs> and I'm like, Sedona has been canceled. I'm like, well, if you need a place to stay, you can stay in my house. I go, because you don't need Sedona. I go, you need to go to El Salvador for your soul. Forget your parents. Forget anything else. I go, book a flight. You can stay with me at my house. You don't have to pay me anything. But I want you for you. And I go, forget about buying a house right now. I'm like, you need to go back and stand in your country that you were born in and take it all in. And meet the people and reintroduce yourself to the country as an adult, not as the little kid that your parents were dragging you around in the rain. 
Yeah. Two days later, she calls me. She says she had the tickets. <laughs> and she's going to go back. Amazing. And she's going to go back. And I'm going to show her show it to her that we're talking about her because there's a lot of people with the same type of fear that they think that they're going to go to another country. It's going to be really expensive. It can be expensive if you want it to be expensive. But if you're like, you know what? This is my budget. I'm going to figure this out. You know? And, and like I told her, you don't have to pay accommodations. Just get your ticket. You know, get yeah. your ticket. So now yeah. she's going to go back. And she wasn't going to go back. She, she just wanted to um, invest from afar. That's all she wanted to do. And I yeah. go, I don't want to sell you a pro I Sure, I want to sell you a property, but I don't want to sell you a property without you going first and actually breathing in everything and taking everything in. I'm like, you need this for your soul. You don't need it. You don't need a house. You need to know why you're actually investing. Amazing. That's a, that's a great story for sure. Uh, I, I want to ask actually about cost of living as well. So what is, um, you know, what are you looking at for typical cost of living? Um, well, cost of living, it's going to depend on your lifestyle. Yeah, like, okay, let, let's, let's paint a picture, right? So mm -hmm. let's say a family with like three kids uh, going to, you know, good schools in a good area and, you know, being, being comfortable. Okay, so you can probably rent a property, a house, a decent home rent um, for about 1800 to 2500 bucks. a really nice area. Let's say Escalon. Um, your schooling is going to be like three to 500 bucks a month per child, private school. Um, your food and everything, it's going to depend on where you're going to go buy. So if you're going to go to like the Vons or the expensive places, it's going to be more, right? But if me, like me, I like to get a basket and go and buy from all the people that are out on the side yeah. you know i talk to them i see them i get the tomatoes everything it's going to be a whole lot cheaper yeah in reality i don't spend a lot of a lot of uh, money in any food because um we uh support there's this this guy um his name's owen beef back better so he does all the beef so we'll buy like packets of beef we put them in the freezer and all it yeah. is is just going and get on all the vegetables and on top right. of that, we're growing tomatoes. We're, we're trying to be self-sufficient. That's another Bitcoin thing. You want to be self-sufficient. Yeah. So we grow tomatoes. We grow peppers. We grow all of this stuff. And we support every Bitcoiner supports every Bitcoiner, right? And there's like, if you're a Bitcoiner, you're like, you know what? I would like to do this. All the Bitcoiners will back you up. They'll be like, okay, I know where you can get this. I know where you can get that. This person can supply you with this. Like you cannot fail in El Salvador unless you purposely want to fail. Nice. I love that. So there is no um, expensive, there really isn't no expensive things unless you like to live, you know, or go to all the steakhouses in, in, any, yeah. in any country, it's going to be expensive. Yeah, for sure. And so la last question I have then is, sorry, actually two questions. When's the next uh, election cycle in El Salvador? Uh, February. This coming February? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And and is um Naib Bukele running again? Of is he course. Able? Yes. And how, how many is this like his last term where he's able to run or I believe so. I'm not very big or very knowledgeable on the election part and governmental um voting, but um he I don't know if you know we know that he stepped down for the next 6 months so he can be reelected because a sitting president can't rerun. So right. I don't know how many times over he can actually do that, but that's what he did. He had to like um, walk away from the presidency so he can, you know, meet the, the six month guidelines so that he can he can be eligible to rerun again. But yes, he has ninety two plus percent, you know, um, rate like approval rate from the country. I mean, there's no yeah. way that person's going to lose. Yeah, I mean, no, I think he's the most loved president, best approval ratings like in the world. Yeah. Um, I believe, yeah. but. So, so what I'm getting at is, you know, is there any risk? Like, how would you gauge the risk in the event where, you know, he, he's not able to run anymore, new president comes in and, uh, you know, kind of pulls El Salvador back in reverse? I don't think that El Salvador is going to go back in reverse because if anything threatens the safety, again, of the people that have now been able to stay open extra late to sell their cabbages you know if anybody anything threatens that security again there's going to be a revolt and they're not going to pick another president that's going to do that 
Yeah. Not only that, there's a whole bunch of foreigners there now that are going to back, you know, whatever candidate comes back that's going to keep and maintain the safety of all these people, of all these kids, all these little girls that were getting like abducted, you know, that they were getting killed and all that other stuff that was happening to them. There's a lot of safety, not just in the businesses, but in families that were calling their kid to make sure they got to the school, you know, that they were at work and they were afraid that my kid's going to get abducted this day. Today is today going to be the day or their daughter. All of a sudden it's missing and nobody can do nothing about it. There's no way that the community and um, business owners and even the Bitcoin community will, will, will let that happen. I'm like, there's no way they, they would be, a, it would be really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, yeah. I mean, you can only be, uh, hopeful and I, I think you're right. Gladys, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, I think we'll, we'll definitely be in touch beyond this podcast, mm-hmm. but, um, if someone's listening, wanted to learn more, reach out, uh, where's the best place to find you? Um, El Salvador 411.com. And I'm on Twitter that I live there. So you can look okay. for me at Salvador 411 or tweet with Gladys in Twitter. Okay. And if anybody says, you know, um, I heart, I, I, uh, I saw you in the podcast and it's like, you know what? We, you, you need to come out here. I'm like, you need to go. Salvador, Salvador's waiting for everybody. Um, there's a lot of people that show up just to visit and they're like, you know what? I need for you to find me something. I, I'm going to come back next month and on their trip. They are already making plans of coming back to find something. It's amazing. Nice. I'm telling you, it's just like it's the Salvador effect. You go in and you're just kind of like, oh, I don't know. But then once you talk to the community, it's like you leave having like brothers and sisters that you need to yeah. come back to see. Yeah. That's well, the type I of community will, it is. I, I'm definitely going to experience it for myself. I, I will be in touch when that time comes. Rest assured. Um, <laughs> Gladys, thanks again. Really appreciate it. And we'll talk soon. Thank you.